The Civil Engineering Podcast is published by the Engineering Management Institute and is part of EMI's Civil Engineering Media and Entertainment Network, which can be found at cement.media. That's cement, C-E-M-E-N-T dot media. Welcome to episode number 202 of the Civil Engineering Podcast, the first podcast dedicated to helping civil engineering professionals succeed in work and life. How can civil engineering firms encourage and support employee development within their firms? I'm your host, Anthony Fasano, and in this episode of the Civil Engineering Podcast, I will be talking with Keith Hall. Keith is a Principal Associate and Traffic Engineering Department Manager at Collier's Engineering and Design, and I'm going to talk to Keith about how a civil engineering firm can really support its employees in their career growth throughout their careers. Really interesting topic here. Keith really dives into not only supporting credentials and certifications and things of that nature, which is important, but also creating avenues for employees to talk to other employees about their career development, whether it's through mentoring or FE and PE exam study groups within the company. Just really interesting stuff. And from our work at EMI, we found that this is what engineering professionals want more than anything else in their careers. And in this episode, Keith talks about how a firm can provide it. Now, before we get started, this is a free show and our sponsors help us keep it free. So now I'd like to thank our sponsor for this episode, Collier's Engineering and Design. Collier's Engineering and Design is a multidiscipline engineering firm with over 1,800 employees and 63 offices nationwide and growing fast. Collier's Engineering and Design maintains an internal culture that is nurtured through the promotion of integrity, collaboration, and socialization. Their employees enjoy hybrid work environments, continuous career advancement, health and wellness offerings, and programs and projects that have a positive impact on society. Collier's Engineering and Design stays on the cutting edge of technology and their entrepreneurial approach to expansion provides personal and professional development opportunities across the firm. Leadership's dedication to the well-being of their employees and their families is demonstrated throughout the wide range of benefits and programs available to them. For more information, visit the career page on their website at colliersengineering.com. I also want to take a minute to mention our programs at the Engineering Management Institute. We offer people leadership, project management, and seller-doer business development courses. Your firm can enroll a group of professionals in our general courses. We can offer a company-only version of any of our courses if you have enough people, where we do it on the days and times that you like, and we do it on the schedule that works best for your staff. Or we can also take our core curriculum and customize it and build a flagship program for your firm, whether it's people leadership, project management, or even business development, so that you have a program that you can use with your staff for the long term and you can use it to recruit employees, to develop your employees, and to retain them. To check out all of our training services, visit engineeringmanagementinstitute.org and click on the upcoming training button at the top of the website. Or give us a call, 800-920-4007. Again, that's 800-920-4007. All right, let's jump into today's episode. Civil Engineering Podcast. Civil Engineering Podcast. Right now, I'd like to welcome our guest on today's episode, Keith Hall. Keith is the Traffic Department Manager at Collier's Engineering and Design. Keith, welcome to the Civil Engineering Podcast. Thanks, Anthony. I appreciate the opportunity to be with you today. We're happy to have you and you know, always happy to have one of Collier's professionals on with us. Collier's has been a, a huge proponent and sponsor for EMI's content, helping to keep it free, of course, for all of our listeners, which is great news. 
So Keith, in your own words, can you talk a little bit about what you do on a daily basis, your role at Collier's Engineering and Design? Again, Anthony, as you mentioned, my name is Keith Hall. I am a principal associate shareholder and traffic engineering department manager with Collier's Engineering and Design in our Hamilton, New Jersey office. I've been with Collier's for just about 12 years now. My 12-year anniversary will be next month. It was formerly Mazer Consulting. And I really have the honor to work with a tremendous team and lead a team of individuals working on you know, small traffic projects to very large transportation infrastructure improvement projects for both public and private clients. I really do specialize in you know, all facets of traffic engineering. My real true specialty, though, is, is traffic signals. do a lot of work at the intersection level, traffic signal, bike accommodations, intersection improvements, pedestrian accommodations. That's kind of really where my focus is. When um, I was you know, completing my degree at Northeast University, my focus really was in urban design, pedestrian accommodations, bicycle accommodations, kind of complete streets and the like. So that's kind of where my background comes from. I currently serve on the uh, board of ITS New Jersey, Intelligent Transportation Society of New Jersey, on their executive committee. I also hold positions with the Institute of Transportation Engineers, both as chair of their sustainability standing committee, as well as chair their leadership ITE program. I was a graduate of that program actually back in 2016. And then I'm also involved you know, in other professional activities in, you know, in our transportation industry, pretty much here locally. Uh, speaker moderator for all sorts of conferences and seminars, as well as co-authoring several publications, and then also some other activities that I'm involved in some other smaller committees, most notably probably relevant to our conversation. I do serve on ITE's Professional Development Committee, and I'm also on their newly formed Equity Committee. So that's kind of a quick introduction to who I am and what I do. Our theme for today is going to be professional development, but maybe it should have been how you juggle all those things in the course of a day or a week. Because that seems like, a, I guess that could be another episode in the future. But so we are going to focus really on professional development today. And we're going to focus on firms supporting their professionals. I mean, we talk to professionals in the world of engineering every day here at EMI. We're coaching, we're training, we're interviewing. And most of them say that the most important thing in our career right now that our company can do for us is help us progress in our careers, help us develop. And that's what we're going to talk about. So Keith, to kind of get started Let's talk about yourself for a minute. Talk a little bit about the various credentials and certifications that you've achieved throughout your career and how they've benefited you. Coming out of earning my degree, I actually you know, sat for the, the FE while I was still a senior in college. got my EIT as soon as I graduated with my degree. Since then, I've gotten my PE license, my professional engineer's license in New Jersey with reciprocity to New York, Connecticut, and North Carolina now. And those are the particular areas where I do a tremendous amount of my work. I am also certified as a professional traffic operations engineer, or PTOE, and that's through IT and the Transportation Research Certification Board. I also hold a LEED accredited professional certification in building design and construction, actually something I got while I was in college in the Legacy LEED program and has since held that credential from a sustainability perspective. That's pretty important to a lot of the things that I do, and it, does, it has some transportation-related impacts. And then I also hold an OSHA credential for a lot of the construction inspection style work that I do. Those are my kind of active certifications that I you know, retain right now. I have a couple other legacy certifications and certificate programs that I've worked through kind of as my career progressed to where I am today. Namely, I was a sustainable transportation professional with the Green Roads program, which is kind of like lead for you know, roadway and transportation projects. I've also gone through several of the IMSA programs, which is the International Municipal Signal Association. So that's where I was getting a lot of my signal field experience and technical experience from a traffic controller perspective. 
And really all that together helped me achieve kind of a standard of practice in several key areas and demonstrate my knowledge to not only the firm, but to our clients. Instead of saying, you know, hey, I have some experience working on the projects, we also hold these certificates, which is also pretty important. So that's, you know, some of the benefits that I've seen from it. But also I hold a couple of, I'll call them non-technical certificates kind of related to what we do. I'm, you know, I'm CPR certified. And most recently, the firm actually had several people go through mental health first aid, which is pretty cool to kind of help provide that resource to some of our internal staff as well that may need a re- uh, resource to talk to on the, the mental health topic. So to me, it has helped my career tremendously because again, not only the PE, which is extremely important to what we do, but having well-rounded licenses and demonstration of practice in those areas holds a lot of weight to our clients that we work with. You know, Some of the credentials that I mentioned are actually requirements on some of our projects. So not having them wouldn't allow me to serve in particular roles on projects or be a department manager like I am today. First of all, congratulations. It seems like you've accomplished quite a bit and you're a relatively young professional, so that's good for you. It's interesting to hear you kind of rattle through some of those because I think that there is the idea that you got to get your PE license in the world of civil engineering for a lot of civil engineers. And I certainly agree with that. I you know I took that route myself, but there are a lot of other potential certifications and licenses that you can accumulate or that you can add to your resume that can be very beneficial, like you said, in the eyes of your clients or prospective clients when they're trying to make a decision on who they trust with their projects, with their complex projects that may require a lot of technical complexities that you have to try to understand showing your knowledge that you have that knowledge. But in terms of like deciding on what credentials to pursue, because you have quite a bit of them there. Can you tell us a little bit about that process? Like, How do you decide, hey, I'm going to go for this. I'm going to go for that. This one is really important for me. How did that look like for you? I mean, you touched on the PE one, so I really won't talk about that too much. I'll talk about a couple of the others. So for me, for example, you know, PE was most important to be able to have that credential to sign plans and stuff. But from my perspective, LEAD, for example, I was involved in an organization in college that was you know, heavily involved in working with building infrastructure, green infrastructure, sustainability. I and mean, I kind of found that's where one of my passions lie. And I had the opportunity to sit and take the exam and learn and have that credential. And And like I said, I've kept it up through all these years, through all the credential maintenance for it. And it's really important to us, but you know, it's important to me that sustainability is a part of the aspect of what we do, not only from a building perspective, but from transportation infrastructure. That's why I got involved in Green Roads. Like I said, that's similar to LEED, but more geared towards transportation style projects. But you can apply a lot of those same principles that you learn in those different areas to the projects that we work on. It may not be directly building a building, but things that LEED has related to material reuse et cetera, can be translated to some of the stuff that I do in transportation on a day-to-day basis. So that was pretty important to me. I would say in some of my other credentials, outside of being an engineer, I'm also a volunteer firefighter and EMT. So that's where a lot of the CPR stuff kind of comes in because I have kind of crossover of my credentials to extent, especially from an emergency management perspective. So the particular one for mental health first aid to me was one of the most unique opportunities here that was offered through CED. And I took an opportunity to, to capitalize on that and, and go through the training for that a program because it is really something kind of new and on the forefront. And it's a way to kind of give back and support our employees. So I thought that was extremely important. So that's kind of how I navigated some of those aspects. The IMSA one, for example, that's more on the technical side of things. And it was a good resource that is an established credential. And that's kind of universally recognized rather than saying, you know, I took a webinar or I read a book. It was a way to kind of demonstrate a good skill set and get good practical experience, aside from, like you mentioned, it being a requirement on, on certain projects. 
And I ask that because I think it's important for everyone to think through the credentials. I mean, there's so many of them out there today. You could really be getting them nonstop. And so I think it really is important to think about what credentials do I need? What credentials does my firm need? How are they going to help us? What do I have to do long-term to maintain those credentials, those licenses, those certifications? There may be a lot of courses you need to take. So I wanted to kind of bring some light on that because you really should think through your goals and your team, your division, your company's goals to make sure you're putting your effort and energy into the right credentials, which it certainly sounds like Keith has done here. Keith, I think we both agree that continuing education and development is really important for engineering professionals. How would you describe it to, let's say, maybe some of your team members as they started their careers, the importance of it? Why is it important? How would you explain that to them? From my perspective, I think it's kind of foundational to what we do and how we evolve and and become the quality engineer and be able to give back to society that we kind of serve, especially in the transportation sector. When we go through our courses, you know, leading up to becoming a professional, we go through college and we get a good, you know, foundational understanding of some key elements. But coming out of that, it's really a whole new world of some of the work that we work on, the projects, the aspects, the industry. And more importantly, it's constantly evolving and adapting. There's new advances, technologies, innovative solutions, and continuing education is a, and development is really a way to keep you at the forefront of all that. From my perspective as a transportation professional, when I was in college, we weren't really looking at things such as complete streets, smart cities, connected and autonomous vehicles, electrification. That wasn't the hot topics of the stuff that we looked at. And you don't want to kind of be left behind in your industry. So continuing education and development is a way to kind of stay abreast of all those changes. But more importantly, it also gives you the opportunity to expand or dive deeper or broaden your horizons in an area that maybe weren't part of your college curriculum or part of some training that you've had in the past. Really kind of sharpen those skill sets and maybe exercise some skill sets that you don't regularly use on some of the projects you do day in and day out. One of the final things I would say on continuing education development is really, it's not just the technical side. I think it's also the soft skill side. I think as engineers, when we go through college, it's very, very technical. And you come into an industry, particularly a transportation industry, where you have to interact with the public a lot. When you look at continuing education development, a lot of that that we see, particularly with engineers, evolves around the development of those skills of leadership and management, communication, and working with staff. That really makes a good, well-rounded engineer and why it's important to kind of be practicing those and reinforcing those and enhancing those you know, as you move throughout your career. I firmly believe in every day there's a learning experience and you continuously learn throughout your career and continuing education and development is the important avenue for doing that. That's great. Yeah. And the soft skills, I mean, that's music to my ears. I mean, that's what we do here at EMI and we try to preach it all the time that it's really a critical component of being successful as an individual in your career, but also for companies, if they can develop those people skills, people leadership, project management, you know, those types of skills are just so important in what we do. And I think another point just to build on off of what Keith said is broadening your horizons. I mean, I'm sure Keith as even though he works in transportation, I'm sure some of his projects have involved stormwater and geotechnical engineering. I think the more we can learn, what I always talk about on this podcast is one of the goals of this podcast is to help civil engineering professionals become more well-rounded. And so if you can learn about the different disciplines in civil engineering, that's going to be helpful for you in talking with clients and even in a multidisciplinary firm, you can talk to other departments more easier when you're collecting data, you're putting together a proposal. So I think it's very beneficial to learn about the different areas of what you do. In fact, 
we just recently published an episode on the podcast here on forensic engineering, which I hadn't known that much about. And I think it's something that a civil engineer could get involved with, could have to talk to another forensic engineer. So continuing to broaden your horizons and, and develop yourself really has a lot of benefits going forward in, in the world, in the consulting world, or really in any engineering organization. And so to take the conversation a little bit further here, Keith, how do you, you know, as a leader in the company or colliers as a whole, encourage the development of all the employees at the firm? Here at Colliers, again, we have five core values that are kind of pillars of how we've built the firm. And one of those core values actually is advancement. And I'll try to paraphrase uh, Kevin Haney, our president and CEO. Uh, he actually just uh, released a message, um, you know, one of his routine updates to all employees. And in that message, he talked about actually advancement. And basically, he said, it's really about fostering professional development of our staff and providing opportunities for our people so that they, in turn, can provide better opportunities for their families. And I think that kind of really sums it up really well. CED is a team of professionals that has a diverse range of licenses across almost 50 states and continuing to grow. The big ones that we talk about, professional engineers, professional land surveyors, professional planners, your architects, et cetera. But there's so much more to that, like we've already talked about. You know, We have a lot of complementary areas, whether it's the Society of Human Resources that our human resources staff get certifications and whether it's notary publics in our firm. Some of the other things that we've already talked about, there's so many other ways to do it. And we'll kind of maybe get in a deeper dive you know, a little later on in the conversation as one of the key areas that we do do that. But CED really has established this as a pillar of our firm. And that piece of advancement is core to what we do. From our perspective, we have an online portal for employees that has access to, I think, somewhere over 1,500 online courses that benefit all employees you know, across a variety of technical and non-technical areas. And that's in addition to all the internally led efforts, whether it's management training, leadership training that we do internally, a lot of which is recorded and curated in-house for what we call CED University that we kind of translate out to our employees as well. But having it as a core value really encourages our, our employees to go after it. There's tons of avenues in addition to those two that we do encourage, whether it's active participation in a professional society or association, whether it's advancing a degree. Colliers has a tremendous amount of opportunities and benefits for its employees to actually go and not only bolster themselves, their resume and their credentials, but more importantly, the firm's credentials. So it's kind of, from our perspective, a win-win in terms of encouraging staff to really move forward and find areas where they think they can advance their career from a development standpoint. That's great. And I like that it's one of your values, not just that it's one of your values, because I think a lot of companies have a lot of values. And I think if people hear that, they may say, hey, does a company really, some people don't even know what the values are for their company. But at the same time, it sounds like there, and by the way, when Keith says CED, that's Collier's Engineering and Design. And so it's great that CED has this value of advancement, but what's even better is hearing that your CEO just talks about it on a regular basis and puts information out there about it. And obviously they're backing it up with all the different programs that you just mentioned. So that's great. And I would say to you out there, all of our listeners, is that if you don't have these kinds of programs at your firm, for whatever reason, maybe your firm is small, you're still building up, it's certainly an initiative that you can lead within your company. I mean, listen, that's how these things happen, right? A couple of professionals in the firm say, hey, we need more learning and development. We need more continuing education. And you know, there may just be not enough people to work on these items yet within your company. You can lead the charge. You can make an initiative. You can find a program. You can develop a program. People will listen if you have a goal and you have a plan, you present it the right way. And I think also, Keith, you kind of hit on this, and I was going to ask you about this, is that it's really a win-win when a company promotes 
continuing education because as your professionals develop more, they become better managers, better leaders, better technical professionals all the way around. I mean, the company is just going to be better in serving their clients. Absolutely. From our perspective, it's not only helps them, but it helps service our clients. It brings that value to the table that we promised to our client. It brings that quality product. And more importantly, we're all about innovation. We're always looking for how to best provide these services and a solution to the client that meets their needs. There is no such thing as a cookie cutter project, you know, in our industry. There's everything has its unique challenges and and having individuals that have this wide array or diverse skill set is definitely really important, but making sure that we have individuals across the spectrum of what we do kind of licensed and certified in those areas. One of the challenges that a lot of, well, I think all consulting firms are up against is they're busy. You know, we know the industry is really busy right now. We've got the Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act that's going to bring even more work to the table, which means people are going to be even busier. And so I've heard a lot of firms say, you know, we just don't have the time to do training. We don't have the time to take our professionals off of their work and do continuing education. And I think the challenge with that is it's eventually going to catch up with you and your professionals aren't going to stay up to date on the technical trends and topics and develop their leadership skills. They're going to potentially get burnt out and they're not going to see that you're promoting their careers. And like I said at the beginning of the show, that is what engineering professionals tell us today is the most important thing in their careers is their company supporting their career growth. So I think you kind of have to balance that out and you can't just make the excuse that we're too busy for continuing education because it's just going to come back to get you and you're going to be worse off than you are if you didn't take the time to do it. And I've seen it happen in many, many organizations. So Keith, what are some of the ways that engineering organizations can improve the development of their employees? I'll try to draw a little analogy to what we've done here in terms of our Going Places initiative, which was actually an initiative that I helped start four years ago. And again, it's kind of teamed Going Places and and the latter half is an acronym for Professional Licensure and Certification Employee Strategy. But really its mission is to establish a living resource and roadmap linked again to our advancement core value that serves as a really a mechanism to encourage obtaining professional licenses and certifications and professional development across both technical and non-technical staff to kind of build the qualifications that we already talked about. From our perspective, and the reason why is people say, why did you do this as an initiative? When I was going for my PE again, when we were you know, kind of a smaller firm and continuing to grow, one of the gaps identified was there was really never a resource at that time to kind of help you along the way, an internal resource to kind of provide that guidance of how do you do the application? What do you expect? You know, What are some of the tips and tricks? You kind of had to fumble your way or find the right individual that maybe just took it. And you know, from my perspective, my experience was I got to sign up for a review course. So I signed up for one, went to a few few times and said, this is not going to align with what I need to do to pass this exam. So I ended up signing up for another one on my own time because I was committed to being able to pass it on my first try. But more importantly, I realized the importance of it. And I said, I wish somebody would have really told me, hey, this one's probably not that great or this one's got a good resource for you. So really, that was kind of what empowered myself and a team of individuals as part of our association initiative at Mazer at the time now, Collier's Engineering and Design, to really kind of put together this roadmap to guide employees internally kind of through this process of advancing their career. It's been fantastic since the initiative kind of kicked off. It's been picked up by our knowledge management team. And it talks about a host of things from internal processes to how to fill out applications to offering discounted study courses and what are the recommended ones that they have. 
Where can you find materials? Where are tips and tricks on how to study for it? Sharing resources, all that stuff. And we're leveraging, you know, kind of the tools that everybody wants to use. We're leveraging 365 and, and chat channels with our team. But it's been a really great way to offer a resource to our staff that was built internally, not something that we went out and paid for and bought. It was really a way to kind of leverage our internal resources to put together, you know, a resource that you may not find elsewhere. And I think that's really important for firms to think about is providing that roadmap for individuals and their firms to kind of help guide them along that path. Because a lot of times they want to get from point A to point B, but they don't know how to basically what's the road in between. The other piece that is really important that we kind of integrated into going places, it's really the relationship side of it. So what we found is as we're continuing to grow as a firm, there's a tremendous amount of individuals that are taking similar exams or the same exam in the same area, whether it's geographic or technical. And they've really been able to link up and develop a relationship, whether it's studying through practice problems, looking at questions, you know, they've really been able to work with other employees that are going through their same process. And it's really helped them better succeed on either obtaining a certification or taking an exam. So we think that's really beneficial. But one of the, the highlights that I wanted to drive home when we did the Going Place initiative is that these licenses and certifications aren't easy. You know, they're difficult to obtain. And not as a lot of time commitment on the employee's end and on the firm's end, but the reality of the situation is not everybody passes the exam on their first time. We really want to be there as a resource to help our employees and to be there as a resource that for those employees that maybe weren't successful the first time, how can we be, help you be successful the second time? And as part of Going Places, we actually have a support team that they can put in touch with those individuals that maybe weren't successful the first time with another person here at the firm that had the same experience. And they could kind of do a little bit of one-on-one -on -one mentoring and talk about some things, you know, maybe areas they can look to improve, but basically a resource to kind of coach them through and not be discouraged in the fact that maybe they didn't pass the exam on the first time, or maybe they weren't successful in the certification, but that's not any by any means a reason to give up. We firmly believe in our people and that they can obtain their career goals and we want to be that kind of resource. So it's that human side of things and a relationship side of things that also complements providing the normal resources of, hey, there's courses online that you could take, et cetera. A lot of good stuff there. And really, it's about supporting. And really, what I like about it is it's about knowledge sharing. And I think that that's where a lot of consulting firms that we work with struggle with. I mean, they have all these offices, all these different locations, and they don't have the network to bring the information together. Whereas someone sitting in their Florida office maybe passed an exam or obtained a credential and someone in their New York office is really struggling to get it. There's no way to connect the two people. So it's great to hear that you're doing that. And we've also been helping firms build these career roadmaps lately. It's actually been something we've been doing a lot of. And it really is important because we'll talk to an engineering professional and they say, I don't really know where I'm going in my company. I can't see the road ahead. And, and what happens in that case is that they don't have any clarity around their career. They don't get passionate about it. You know, They don't get excited about it. And they might end up going somewhere else. And that's certainly not what you want. So great stuff there. One last question that I have for you here in this segment, Keith, related to the development of employees is, is mentoring. Mentoring can definitely be a part of that. Talk about mentoring a little bit in this process. Mentoring is extremely important. I kind of touched on a little bit in the last part, but at Collars Engineering Design, mentoring is very, very important. It was a passion and initiated an official mentor program here by our founder, Richard Mazur. And I was lucky enough to actually have him as one of my mentors as part of that program throughout my career, which is extremely exciting. And to be honest, I learned so much from the conversations that I've had with Richard and He's still very much involved as in what we do here at CED, but knowing I can call on somebody and have a conversation with them is very, very important. 
mentorship is a combination of what I call informal and, and formal relationships from a mentoring perspective. A lot of the, the informal ones you'll have with colleagues that you work with every day, whether you classify them as mentorship or not, when you think of them, you know, there really are mentoring relationships. But the more formalized ones I have found, you know, give you a real good view of what the future can hold and, and is an opportunity to have conversations that may be outside of your normal, I'll call it sphere of influence. And that's what we really try to do with our formal mentoring program that we have here is we link professionals across the firm, different disciplines, different geographies to have conversations, mentor to mentee, how are things going? What are struggles that they're seeing? Questions about the firm how somebody's career progressed, maybe where they're looking to go, how to develop a career plan. All those things are part of those conversations, but it's not directly maybe the individual that you report to every day or work with every day, which I think is good. And it also really gives you insight, and particularly into our business and our industry, how to progress your career, how fast you want to go, what are the things that worked really well, what are pitfalls to avoid that maybe your mentor has made that you you can learn from in the past. I think those are really, really important and you can kind of leverage and build both. And having been a mentee in the past in our program and now a mentor in our program for several years, what I really recognize is it's a two-way street. And that's what I talk with my mentees about all the time. Like, Not only is it an opportunity for them to learn from me, my experience here with Collier's and, and my career progression, but it's an opportunity for me to learn from them. You know, things that they're looking for, questions that they have, where the next generation of engineers is going. I think it's a real benefit to look at it as a learning opportunity and experience for both the mentor and the mentee. So having both of those pieces does allow, you know, employees to kind of have a path that you mentioned before to look at what that kind of ladder success looks like. It's kind of different in different industries and different business lines, but having a mentor that you can call in and have those conversations with honest, open and candid is extremely important. I found it really rewarding in my career. You can go to a lot of programs, learning and development programs, get certifications, but there's nothing like being able to ask questions of someone who's been down the career path already that you want to eventually get to that position where they are. It's really invaluable. So that's great stuff. We're going to take a quick break and then we're going to come up and we're going to end off by putting Keith on the civil engineering career hot seat. We'll be right back. Civil engineering podcast. Civil engineering podcast. All right. We are back with Keith Hall. Keith is the traffic engineering department manager with Collier's Engineering and Design. He has given us some great input around the importance of developing a company's employees and how Collier's has really focused on that. But now, Keith, we have to put you on the hot seat. You ready? I'm ready. All right. First question. Do you have any specific rituals that you practice every day? For example, maybe a morning routine or a lunchtime routine, or just something that you do consistently on a daily basis that contributes to your success? I'll take two quick things. First, from a like a technical, detailed-oriented perspective, I'm very task-oriented. So I know when I come in the morning every day, I have a great task list. And I know my energy when my energy is high and when my energy is going to be low. And I line that task list up with the most important things that need to get done. And I know when I can cross things off, it's the best feeling in the world. So that's kind of my morning routine to make sure I get things done. My task list is set and my days of success. The other thing I would say is more of a routine aspect at least once a day. I make sure that I am recognizing either my staff or those that I work with or client that I work with by a simple note of thanks, recognition, et cetera. I think it speaks volumes. Individuals just saying thank you or offering a portion of appreciation for something that's done. I think it goes unnoticed in a lot of the work that we do. And taking a few minutes to just say thanks, that was a great job on that, et cetera, really goes a long way for working with your staff or your clients. What is one book 
that you might recommend to engineers or just a book that you found to be helpful for you in your professional or personal development, if you have one? I read a lot of leadership books, so I'll probably pick from that kind of arena. But I would say Five Levels of Leadership by John C. Maxwell. That's kind of one of my favorite books on leadership. It talks about his five Ps, which is position, permission, production, people development, pinnacle. And I think it's a great book because it kind of helps you throughout that process. And it really is five levels. And it helps you to identify ways to match, master each level and move on to the next. So it's kind of a book you can kind of review a little bit, read a little bit, put down, try to master it, come back to it, as opposed to reading through it kind of sitting on a shelf. Keith, thinking back on your managers of the past, think about your favorite managers. And you don't have to name names, but what made them your favorite? We're trying to understand some of the key traits and characteristics of great managers in the world of civil engineering. Being human and empathetic, I think those are two of the most important things. We work in an industry where human capital is key. And you know, being able to work with somebody that you don't really consider a manager, you consider them a colleague, a friend, a partner in what you do is really important. My best managers, I don't feel are management me at all. Like We can have open and honest conversations. We can have dialogue. We're a team rather than you work for me, etc. So being human and empathetic to me are the key traits of one of my favorite managers thus far. One last question for you here, Keith. We call it the civil engineering career elevator advice question. If you got into an elevator with a civil engineer, maybe they're early in their career and you have 30 to 40 seconds with him or her, what career advice would you give them? Find a career and industry that really harmonizes with your personal life and what you deem as your goals for a successful career, kind of your definition of it. To me, is no one right answer for a quote-unquote successful engineer. You need to find an opportunity that kind of fits and supports you both professionally and personally. We've all heard the cliche, find a job you love and you'll never work a day in your life. Fact of the matter is there's a tremendous amount of overlap in your career and your personal life. And finding an opportunity that supports that harmony between the two, I don't say work-life balance for a reason. I say harmony because I think they need to kind of coexist with one another. Finding that opportunity and finding a partner, whether it's a firm, an agency, et cetera, that's going to support you on that path is the most important. It's not always about the money. To me, I'm always looking at what's the opportunity, what's going to meet the career goals that I have to find them and capitalize on those career goals you know, when they present themselves. I always firmly believe in saying yes to a lot of stuff to learn and grow from it, but with the caveat that know things when you don't know and know when it's okay to say no. So I think that would be my advice and a kind of elevator pitch. Keith Hall, Collier's Engineering and Design, thank you so much for spending some time with us here on the Civil Engineering Podcast. Thanks, Anthony. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Keith Hall. I mean, this is really a topic that's near and dear to my heart. I mean, that's the reason I created the Engineering Management Institute and started doing the podcasting and the YouTube channels just to put information out there to help engineering professionals succeed because I didn't think enough firms were providing these services. However, obvious now more firms are providing it and Keith gave us a great insight to how that could look in a firm. So please remember you can find the show notes for this episode at civilengineeringpodcast.com. Look for episode number 202. There you'll find a summary of the key points discussed in today's episode, as well as links to any of the resources, websites, or books mentioned during this episode. And again, if you're interested in people leadership, project management, or seller-doer business development courses, visit our website at engineeringmanagementinstitute.org and click on the upcoming training button at the top of the page. Until next time, I wish you the best in all of your civil engineering career endeavors.
The Civil Engineering Podcast is published by the Engineering Management Institute and is part of EMI's Civil Engineering Media and Entertainment Network. The opinions on the show are those of the hosts and guests, not their employers. For information on EMI's people and project management skills training programs for civil engineering professionals, visit engineeringmanagementinstitute.org.